Welcome everybody to a new episode of the Simple Christian. This is your this is your host Josue, and this is your co-host Joshua Moses. Moses. All right. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to be chatting about uh, just one of the many other um, cliches uh, that uh, unsaved people think they're saved, and so you guys probably heard a lot of these. I'll run through a couple of them, and uh, you don't have to. You know, keep uh, listening in so you can hear the rest. Uh, number one is, I am a good person. That will be the one we'll be tackling today. Uh, next one is, sinner's prayer, accepting Jesus, I feel saved, good deeds, I am religious, Christian titles, and so forth. So, to begin with is, I am a good person. And so, uh, how do you define uh, a good person? You know, um, Well, we picked a definition for you. Yeah, well, I got one here. It's just a uh, definition of good is that which is morally right and righteousness. I don't think I ever hear Jesus ever attaching these these words with people. I don't know. I I, I read it. I've never heard Christ ever say we're good people. And, and from my understanding of people who tend to say that I am a good person, they usually are people who rarely ever read scripture or they kind of like cherry picks or in like, Scriptures, they don't read the context of scripture. Yeah, I wish I wrote that scripture down because you just made me think of uh, uh, scripture. Oh, like when Jesus said, Those that say, um, I'm not a liar, mm-hmm. and it's obviously is a liar, and uh, no good is found in them, something like that. Mm-hmm. Or people that say, Oh, I never did this, oh, you you definitely done that. Or there's, or I remember reading a verse that said, um, People that say uh, I'm a, I, I lie, but I never murdered, and I think it's me. Paul talking about how like you may have not committed one sin, this sin, this particular sin, but once you commit one sin, you commit them all. He was saying something like that. So James mentions that he he yeah. refers to them, I believe, as like chains. And so if you let's say you're hanging off a cliff and you have a you know ten link chain, it doesn't matter which link in the ten that breaks off. You're hanging from the last one, so you're always going to fall. So if you've broken one, you've broken all of them. Right. Now, there's a difference between human goodness and moral perfection. See, Jesus displayed perfection in his walk on earth, and his standards are perfect. Though we may act for most of our time on earth according to the laws that govern the earth while loving our neighbors, we most certainly have failed and fallen short of God's moral standards. Now, God's moral standards, this is something that I tend to recite to people in the streets when I go and evangelize. It's considered the schoolmaster, right? And so it's a Ten Commandments. And as we read here in Scripture, in Exodus 20, I'll read through it and uh, give you guys an understanding of them. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Do not have other gods besides me. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or on the earth below or in the waters underneath the earth. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the father's sin to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing faithful love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God, because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, you are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. 
says here, For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything in them in the sixth day. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and declared holy. Honor your father and your mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not covet. Josh, I'm telling you, how many people have constantly came to me after I mentioned these Ten Commandments? And many of them are like, whoa, I'm kind of in a safe space. I haven't really <laughs> done any of it. I even, I even came across multiple men who would say, I've never lusted in my life. And I'm just like... That's crazy. I'm like, wow. This guy is like a genie in a bottle or something. Must have never read the scripture. No. You know what it is? Many of them just don't want to admit that they're walking in sin. Yeah. Many of them just kind of want to like continue living in sin. Many of them kind of like want to suppress God's truth. And they, and they kind of like... They want to create God in their own image, right? Right. You know, so even the second one um, where it says, do not make an idol for yourself. And an idol is anything that is taking ownership or sitting in the throne of your heart. Yeah. And so many would say, well, you know, I play a lot of games and so you're going to have to dethrone that. Or I'm doing a lot of drugs or i'm spending way too much hours in school and education or i'm not really honoring my mom or dad whatever the case may be that is your idol you have to kind of like dethrone it or oh, i have a really good example of an idol even um they call it uh life hacking or like age hacking and i read about this uh Actually, I watched. It was watching a YouTube video about this guy. He's a real estate guy in Chicago, and he's doing age hacking. It was even on the news. He's spending thousands of dollars all into trying to make himself youthful and trying to preserve his life. But that's is basically pointless because God is going to resurrect us. God is going to bring us from the dead. We're going to mm -hmm. live forever because of God. Mankind will never find the the key to life and death because yeah. Jesus has it. You know, we, we try to find ways to um, maintain our existence on earth. And I mean, that isn't like a bad thing. It's not like saying that right. medicine hasn't played a great role and, and yeah. God has not been able to. I mean, God is the great physician. He see your can. doctors. What? I said, see your doctors, people. Go to yeah. your doctor. Right, right. And, I mean, it's not a, no, none of it is bad. All of it is a blessing. I think what we try to do is we, we try to play God and we try to push God as far as we can by trying to use um, man's wisdom. But here Paul says in Romans 7, 7, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Absolutely not. Let me pause there. There are many Christians who are, I guess, not very well informed. And a lot of them don't like anything that has to do with three-letter law. Whenever they hear law, they think of it like, oh, it's Old Testament. You know, if you try to push a Christian towards obediency, they'll call you legalistic and say, well... Why you're being so religious with me? You know, that's just being obedient. Mm -hmm. That's just putting a little bit more emphasis on obediency. Mm -hmm. So if someone says, read your Bible, or if someone says, you should repent, those aren't hate, hate words. Those are words of encouragement, of edification, of building you up. Mm -hmm. Right. So in Ephesians, it tells us to do not say anything that's unwholesome, but in, in every way, um, to those who are listening, build them up. And so that's a, one of the most loving things you can do is if someone is not walking in holiness, if someone is not walking in the, in the ways of the Lord, you are to build them up. It's just like, I think it's just like 
over history and over time, people have taken like the meaning of the word out or the real real definition and replaced it with man's own definition. Kind of mm. like the word content. Like yeah. normally when you hear people say content, it's like, oh no, he's settling. She's settling. <laughs> no, if you look up the definition of content, it's actually better than being happy. It's like peacefully happy. So mm. it's way better. And uh, while you were going over the definitions of Romans, I was able to go and uh, to James 2, is which I was talking about earlier, Yeah. about the sin of partiality. Uh, <laughs> partiality partiality okay <laughs> thank you <laughs> for um because it's just talking about how like how we as a humans look at good from the outside and he talks about a man uh coming in a gold ring and he's dressed in fine clothes and there comes a, a poor man in dirty clothes and then you will you will pay special attention to the one that's in gold clothes and got the mm-hmm. gold ring just like rappers and oh he got a nice car he got a nice house and that's what you would normally define as good but then he says listen his uh beloved and his brethren didn't jesus promise um that the that the not good but the poor in this world would be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom i wouldn't say they're good but he he does say there will be better well off. He said you are mm-hmm. you will be doing well. Right. We don't want to. God's not a god of, of favoritism. Right. So, going back to just something about the human um, race, um, us not being good. Um, Romans does an amazing job at from Romans one to Romans three ish to four. Um, yeah, even as far as going saying six, where man's fallen, man is sinful, man is not good. There's nothing good of man. And so here it says in Romans 3, uh, 10 to 18, it says, As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Uh, there is one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. All alike have become worthless. There is no one who does what is good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They deceive with their tongues. Viper venom is under their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and wretchedness are in their paths, and the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. There's so much written on this, and I will share you an experience that I had um, a while back. I remember sharing this very same chapter to a lady in uh, the city of Meriden. And when I shared it with her, she said that those verses made her feel uncomfortable. And to any Bible-believing Christian, none of that should make you feel uncomfortable. He follows up in Romans 8, 1, says that there's no condemnation on those who are in Christ Jesus. So why would any of that make you feel uncomfortable? If anything, what Paul is doing in Romans is, is pretty much giving a, I want to say, a breakdown of man's ungoodness of man's wretchedness. And the great news is that though we were yet sinners, Christ died and still saved us. So, yeah, we can kind of linger in the midst of us not being good. That's fine, but we have a good God and good Savior who saved us. So when I hear someone says, well, I'm a good person, then in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, well, if you're a good person, there's no need for Christ to have been crucified on the cross because you're trying to earn your way to heaven by your good deeds. But you can't. That's an uphill battle. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I have a thoughts on uh, what you're going back to, going back a little bit when you're talking about how uh, some people will call it legalism. 
mm-hmm. by going by the laws of the Bible. And that's why I really love James too. I wrote a whole bunch of notes, people, but right now my biggest note is James chapter two, and um, he's talking about faith and works at the bottom, and he said that a lot of people really try to have one without the other, but this is, uh, I believe, proof for that you need both to not necessarily be a good person, but to be as close as to righteousness and to be as close as to Jesus-like as possible. Because again, Romans definitely says, no, not one is good. And he he goes on, he talks about Abraham, how Abraham was proven by his faith and his good works. So I would say that it's possible for you to have good works and to do good things in the sight of the Lord, but to be holy and good and perfect, just that by itself is not it's not what's possible and um that i think what the lady in Miriam was thinking is that you're trying probably saying that she's an evil person or that she won't ever be good and stuff like that and it's not that we can't have um traits of goodness in us it's that being god is the only one that's good and we need to look to him for direction that's what you were trying to say to her but she may have took it in the wrong way. And that that's what I'm trying to say to everyone here, that it's not that we don't think that you're good or that you, you can't do good things, but you need to look to God for scripture and so which is the works. And you need to have your own faith, which is your, your personal relationship with God to ensure that you're doing more good works and more good deeds than um, bad. And it's not all about just doing completely good deeds. It's just about... Well, I would even go as far as saying that um, in, in Genesis 1, God says that he created us in his image, in his likeness. And so, again, um, we love because God loves. and God loved and, us first, right? Right. And so uh, God is just, and so therefore we love justice. Right. And so God created all in his image. So therefore, uh, situations or even political agendas like racism is a horrible thing. Right. Because God is not a racist. And so therefore, no. we do things that God loves because he created us in his image or in his Imago Dei. Right. And so when it comes to the... Imago Dei? Imago Dei is just a Greek word for saying it's God's a, image. Yeah, you can't just say that to viewers. <laughs> like, oh, well, I, I try to follow it up with the actual <laughs> translation. And so when it comes to even even the thought of I'm a good person, Right. How about we start with the basis that Jesus is good, we are not. We can do good works, like it says in, uh, uh, I believe it's in, right after his Ephesians 4, right? You say by grace through, no, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. And let's actually follow that up. Hang on a second. It should be right here. Ephesians 2, one second, people. We're Bible flipping. Bible flipping. Bible flipping. Ephesians 2. Mm-hmm. You got it? Yeah. Go to verse 9. Verse 9. Yep. Actually, verse 10. It should be in verse 10. For we are his workmanship. Yep. So it says here, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. Right. Which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Amen. So we're we're crafted and... We crafted with the um, with intention the intentions of doing good works, but it's not through those good works that we are saved. No, it's just we're reflecting Christ. It's right. like a an, an apple tree. You don't have to force an apple tree to bear fruit. It does so naturally, and so mm. Christians ought to do the same naturally. Right. Bear good fruit. 
Now, when you try to bear good fruit just to be saved, then that's where you're wrong. Because therefore, now you're giving birth to a a sin called pride. And so you're assuming that going to heaven, you're going to be like, look, Lord, look at my resume. Right, right. Look what I have done. Look what I have said. And God's going to say he's unimpressed. I told him that for yourself. Right. Not for me. And you're trying to earn something that the God Almighty of the universe given freely. Gave freely. And he can do by himself in any given second. He's not impressed by any of that. So I wanted to show a um, a verse here in John 8, verse 1 to 11, where it was a demonstration of someone who's legalistic and moralistic and someone who's gracious and merciful and compassionate. But before you say that verse in John's, um, about John 8, I wanted to just say uh, um, right here, Matthew 22, 37. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. I think that's how you serve God with faith and yeah, works. Absolutely. Without succumbing to pride. Right. Just do it with all your heart, your mind, and your and your strength. Absolutely. Each In each one of those areas, you're, you definitely want to focus. So if it's your heart, it's like what's what's, what's taking um, throne or ownership of your heart? What are you focusing so much in, right? So he says that for... Um, out of the spring well of your heart, your mouth speaks. And so Proverbs 4 says that. And so, like, what are you so focused on that's coming out of your mouth? And I guess an example would be someone who's a mechanic, right? They, they do mechanic or if you work at a, uh, a retail store and you're thinking about retail every single day, mm-hmm. more than likely what's going to spring forth out of your heart will be what? Things that are related to mechanic or things that are related to retail. Right. In the same way, in the same fashion, is if you're focused on, like, let's say, Galatians 5, where it says a fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so those fruit of the Spirit will also spring forth and in, in, out of your heart. So love, joy, long-suffering, and, and self-sacrifice, all those things will, will spring forth. And all that is a reflection of, of Christ because you want us to love of one another. Yeah, and I got something I can say to that, but I really want to hear what you want to say about John 8. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So let me just pop this up really fast. And John 8. You you know, maybe we should get this like... Note in Bible flipping people. (laughs) So here's it in John 8. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning. He came again to the temple. All the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And placing Mm. her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? So at this very moment, they're testing Christ to see what he's willing to like res- respond to the situation. Right? Trying to trap him. Right, it's all a trap. It's very um, conniving and whatnot. This they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote this, um, wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Mm. She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, This is so important. Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. So just a little um, breakdown of this. You see the Pharisees bringing this this lady who's a prostitute to Christ who broke the law. 
And so these religious, moralistic people were trying to just, in a way, um, punish her. They weren't being compassionate. They weren't being gracious. But guess what? Christ was compassionate. Christ was gracious. Christ helped her. And not just that, he also edified her by saying, sin no more. Now, think of that. How often do we help people and then kind of like tell them, hey, come on, man. No longer should you do this anymore. Stop doing that. Sin no more. No, but instead, what they will do is bring up your past. Mm -hmm. Watch out for your enemies. Oh, you're trying to, I don't know, stop smoking. Come on, man. You used to smoke all the time. Oh, you now, now you're trying to be on that Jesus stuff? Oh, come on, man. Let's go to the club. Let's be with girls. Oh, now you're trying to be on that Jesus stuff? Mm -hmm. No, those are your false accusers. Those mm -hmm. are, those those aren't your friends. No. The, but but Jesus, he'll say, go ahead, put put it down. You don't have to do this anymore. You could quit cold turkey. Mm -hmm. You don't have to entrap yourself. You don't need to look for women to satisfy your needs, or you don't need to look to substances to get to get a high or get to get a loving feeling. Yeah. Jesus will love you, and you won't need anything else. No, no. And, and, and again, it goes back to uh, Jesus loving us and being gracious to us and us helping others out, not being legalistic, not slamming the, the mallet on them and trying to judge them, right? So I wanted to just speak a little bit on Christian moralism. It says here, to reduce the Bible to a manual for moral behavior, often centering a on such passages as the Sermon on the Mount and the Ten Commandments, the moralist relies on his moral actions. If he prays, goes to church, and helps his community, then he is good with God. Moralism says that if you don't lie, cheat, steal, or cuss too much, then you are a good person and deserving of heaven. But the moralist is self-deceived in thinking that his good behavior somehow merits eternal life and that is just blasphemous to think that you can earn your way uh, to to heaven what happens is when you're a born again christian when you confess with your lips and believe in your heart that christ uh, died on the cross and he did it for your sins you go into what's called not just a new birth but it's just called into sanctification and so you have the help of the holy spirit and you have, you have John 17, 17, that says, Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. So once you're saved, you start reading the word. Mm. And you go into the process of sanctification. Right? And so mm. God starts working in you. After that, you have 2 Peter 3, 18. And it says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So it's never about, Today I'm a good person. But that today I grow in sanctification. Today the Lord works in me. Today I go closer to the Lord by reading His Word. I grow in knowledge of the Lord and my Lord Jesus Christ, my Savior. And all this is growing and growing. It's until the day of uh, the advent of Christ, the second coming of Christ, when He finally comes back, and then we'll be made perfect in our um, uh, incorruptible bodies. Until then, you know, can you just imagine if you went? An entire week and then someone grabbed your thoughts that you had for that entire week and then posted on the platform mm. or some LED screen and everyone can hear your thoughts that you had everyone can see and read your thoughts for what you had the entire week like that would drive me insane that would drive me crazy well just imagine how embarrassed you would see 
yeah. you would be like I would I would how be, much did I think of Christ that week? Yeah, how exactly. much is Christ in my mind that week? Right. You know, and, and I don't I never try to push anyone to think that you can save you can save yourself by your good deeds because that's just that's just undermining uh crucified Christ and undermining his work on the cross. But is there anything else you have to share, uh my man? Um I don't know. I was just thinking like I just wanted to I guess share this this ecclesiastic verse. Go for it. It's just a wisdom verse. And I don't know if you read the book of Ecclesiastic, it could be kind of depressing, kind of uplifting. There's two voices you, in, in Ecclesiastes, yes. Yeah, depending on who you're listening to more. And so it says, For to a good person who is good in his sight, he has been given wisdom and knowledge and joy. While the sinner, he has given the task of gathering and collecting so that he may give to one who is good in God's sight. This too is vanity, striving after the wind. So don't, don't. I bring this up to say, don't let your works try to save you. But what does Paul say? Uh, you will show me your works or you will show me a faith and I will show you my works by faith or my faith is by work. Something like that. James. James. James 2. That. Right. that was in James yeah. 2 again. All right. And um, just if if you want, well, you can't be good, but if you want to be as close as good as perfectly and righteous as possible, follow God, Jesus, who is the light of the world. That's what mm -hmm. he was saying in John 8. And he will He will perfect you into perfection. He will bring you into perfection. Yeah. So just continue to love Jesus and follow Jesus. And don't yeah. focus on actually being a good person. Just let him make you good. Yeah. Because he made us from the womb fearfully and wonderfully made. All right. So. All right, guys. Well, hey, this is the... Uh, the ending of our first episode here with I Am A Good Person. We have nine more episodes to the series. And so I want to thank you guys for joining in and listening in. I hope you guys can just kind of like comment on Apple iTunes, review, give it like five stars. If you can, give six. And just uh, give us some feedback. You can find me on Instagram at Josue underscore poetry. And uh, they can find you on Instagram at what's your IG? Oh. Uh you don't really want to follow my Instagram, but it's jo it's J Smooth Pick. I know it's really corny. I made it one time and didn't change it. That sounds like an AOL like username. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do have a website, and you can find my website at mtowergroups.com. We build websites and stuff. I'm trying to work on building websites for churches. So if you know anyone that needs a free church website, you can contact me there on mtowergroups.com. All right, guys. Well, hey, guys, again, uh, may the grace of God and the Holy Spirit guide you guys in peace and love. See you guys until next time.